All right. Now ready for the the title plug? This is Other People's Shit. See, we have this privilege, right? I'm a woman. Okay. And you're a man. Right. So we can introduce ourselves by name at different times. Okay. And they'll still know who's talking about who. What's up? I'm David. I'm Angie. And we go to San Diego State University. We're both students here at Go State. Woo! Um, And I'm not originally from San Diego. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Because I'm from the land of Eskimos, uh, well, compared to here. And you're not from here. I'm not from here either. I'm from Northern California, but my mom lives in Alaska, which is pretty cool. Which is even more of an Eskimo than me. Right. Like a legit Eskimo. We build igloos up there. Which is cool. We Mm -hmm. do that in Chicago as well. No way. Yeah, it's crazy. Hmm. Anyways, I am a theater student, so kind of performing is something that I'm interested in. I'm looking to go into voice acting, so that's, that's the goal. Um, you are not. I'm not. I'm an electrical engineering major, and I'm an AV tech as my job, but I still can't figure out how to get this mic to work. That's so, all right. Yeah. So what I'm kind of uh, picturing for this podcast in the future, and obviously we'll see as we go, um, is to have a whole bunch of different topics. As you know, this podcast is called Other People's Shit. And Damn. is it? Wait, is that the name we decided on? Trademark? Are we on the same? Other people's shit? Uh, I think uh, I don't have like the money for a notoriety, so we can do a poor man's uh, trademark. And isn't that where you like put it in the mail? You just then... write the TM yeah, on the top. On you the don't top. have to. Is yeah. It? I don't actually know. I don't think there's any for. legal like backing to that, but like you can still do it and like. Oh, I'm thinking of. Or you just say TM. Patenting. That's what I'm... Or you patent. want to patent a podcast. No, I don't. I was thinking about patents, and that's why. Because I was thinking about, like, in the poor man's patent. Have, did they ever talk to you about that in um, middle school? Where they were like, yeah, musicians would send their works to themselves so that the government had a timestamp of when... Oh, yeah, no, that was... Yeah, it's yeah. copyright. That's how you do copyright. Okay, you okay. can still do that. Yeah, you can copyright, like, a song by, like, putting it in the okay. mail. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was, like, patents or if it was copyrights or anything. All of that no. gets really... It's not, like, official copyright, but if someone's like, hey, I invented that work, then you can be like, no, you didn't. No, I look, sent it to myself in the mail on the state. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about tangents like that. Um, things from pop culture to just general political things. We'll try not to get too combative about everything i think we work pretty well off of each other and you will try not to get too combative excuse me (laughs) (laughs) that was extremely combative sir okay um so yeah we're just going to kind of talk about miscellaneous topics the things that i actually have pulled up here on my little podcast ideas note on my phone um is a mixture of stuff from just like things i was thinking about in the middle of a class that i definitely should have been focusing in but wasn't um, and when I was awkwardly scrolling through my Instagram feed while I was also simultaneously watching my crazy ex-girlfriend a few days ago. Okay, so the first thing that I think, do you want me to go with the one that I think will have the longest conversation on, or the thing, like, shorter ones and then a long one? Uh, I say just pick randomly. Cool. Let's just go for it. I'll go with my favorite topic. Okay. I want to talk about our opinions, like, between the two of us. I have those. Wow. Yeah. I want to talk about our opinions on Game of Thrones boobs. Game of Thrones boobs. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever noticed that every set of boobs on Game of Thrones have the exact same shape? Okay. So, and I think some of the women might notice. If you watch Game of Thrones, and if you, like, 
have boobs yourself, you might notice this. Wait, is this a political discussion or a conspiracy theory? Because I feel like we're moving towards... Neither. Okay. Hear me out, hear me out. (laughs) So, every woman who ever gets naked on Game of Thrones have the same shape boobs. And I've talked to a couple women about this. Like, people that we live with that we have all talked about this. Every Game of Thrones boobs is the classic slope. Um, So, it's just like... I don't know. What kind of angle would you call that? It's like... That's like a 45-degree angle. So, it's like a 45-degree angle down from the chest and then it goes straight to a peak where it points with the nipple and then it's just a straight curve underneath like it's a perfectly round curve underneath now that i'm saying it like does it can you yeah it rings a bell i can yeah yeah (laughs) you can kind of place go through Mm -hmm. and then also get back in my boob database yeah if you think about every boob you've ever thought about all the yeah Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you casually do that. I'm assuming you do that. All the time. I know I do. Totally, so yeah. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, they only ever range from, like, small boobs to medium boobs. They're never teeny tiny boobs or, like, big boobs. Sure. So I just want to know some of your opinions on that. Or, like, what do you... My opinions on notice? all the boobs being the same. Just, like, a comprehensive conversation about boobs that are featured on Game of Thrones. Breasts, if you oh, may. I might have to do some research for this. Like, I mean, not like as an excuse. That sounded like I wanted an excuse to look up pictures of tits. That's not what I'm doing here. No, like, please look up pictures of tits. I mean, I feel like we have to like have yeah. them compared side to side. What what <laughs> brought this up? Like, where did you? Um, Brooke was actually watching or was rewatching Game of Thrones, and I was like, Ugh, you know, that's so weird. You know, because as a woman, like, I'm very aware of like my body and how it's port- and how like not mine, but like a woman's body is portrayed like in media. Okay. And so I just remember like wa- like rewatching some of Game of Thrones with her and like man none of these women look like me which like was one of those things like the women that I've talked to all have like a lot to say about this and I wanted huh. to know what you would think about it. Huh. I'm going to say I'm an advocate for uh, a boob representation, diversity of breasts. diversity of breasts if you will. Mhm. Hmm. It's hard because you don't want to complain about the boobs that you can see. I don't. I mean, I've never seen a boob and been disappointed by it. But at the same time, I'm trying to like talk about this as if we're not. I'm not like admiring the boobs or like no. You can looking at the boob. Well, no, no. Like I want to. I want to have this discussion as like an analysis of boobs, but I don't really know how to how to do that. Honestly. You're not talking about a person's boobs. You're just talking about them as, like, an abstract thing. So I think, as a woman, I give you permission to, like, say things that might normally be objectifying. Because you're talking to, like, boobs as an entity, not boobs as, like, a personal possession. Unless you're just really uncomfortable with that, in which case we can move on. No, no, it's not that I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) It's that I literally don't know how to talk about this. Like, I feel like I haven't seen a lot of boobs in in my lifetime Mm -hmm. so my background Mm -hmm. is probably pretty heavily based on the kinds of things i see in game of thrones Mm. and like you know as a as a dude you have well i mean as a woman too i'm sure you hear all the time you know like sex is not like real like what it's like in porn and like i can i i I get behind that like you know i've never had porn sex like i've also never like seen a diverse range of breasts so I suppose I don't 
really have an opinion, an opinion on the, the boob diversity in Game of Thrones, unfortunately. That tells me in and of itself a lot, because, yeah. like, I, I brought it up to every every woman that I talked to about this. Like, yeah. I didn't even have to describe the way that Game of Thrones boobs, like, TM, like, the classification of Game of Thrones boobs, okay. I did not have to explain what they looked like to any of them. They all just knew. Okay, and see, like, I kind of knew what you were talking about, but then, like, when you describe them still, like, I don't know, like, I just hadn't considered that they were, like, all exactly the same. Well, yeah. But I also think I don't, like, I haven't really ever, that might be it, is that I've never just, like, I've never paid attention to, like, the intricacies of, like, the different types of boobs. Like, they look yeah. like boobs. They always look like boobs. Yeah. Well, I think, and that's what I'm getting at, like, that makes, that gives me more information, because, like, yeah. that's something that I think, it's probably definitely because, like, every woman I talk to also has some form of hmm. boobs. Yeah, it's true. So it's fair. It would make sense that we would pick out and be like, "Wait, that was exactly the same type as before." And then I think it's like the repetitiveness. Like it's like when you're watch. Have you seen Flash? Have you watched Flash? Yeah, I've seen some Flash. Um, you know the professor, or not the professor, the guy in the wheelchair who's like the evil like conductor of everything in the beginning of the uh, series. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was talking to Kayla, my roommate, about that. We watched a compilation of that character just repeatedly taking off his glasses, saying one line, and then putting them back on. And he does it, like, seven times in an episode. Like, that kind of thing. Or, like, in Walking Dead, which I don't think you watch, right? I don't watch Walking Dead, no. Okay, I'm sure, as a user of Reddit, you've seen... Coral! Coral! Yeah, yeah I have seen Absolutely, I've seen Absolutely. That. There's that one meme where he gets closer and farther away. Um, like, that kind of thing. It just, yeah. it happens all the time. There's also a compilation of Shane rubbing his head. There's, like, a whole compilation of just throughout the show of him, like, rubbing his head. Because he shaves it at one point. Um, and, like, running his hand through his hair. It's one of those things that, just like hearing coral, or, like, taking off glasses dramatically, or yeah. rubbing your head. It's something that I think... Boobs in Game of Thrones. Boobs in Game of Thrones. <laughs> the especially because he thing. uses them so much. Like, he was the one who coined, like, sex position. Which I think is a wonderfully interesting way of, like, putting out information in a TV series. Oh, it, sorry? Uh, George R.R. R. Martin. Okay. He, I think, maybe it's not documented like this, and I was lied to, but I was told that he was, like, the coiner of the term sex position, of, like, giving storytelling, um, like, using oh, sex as a storytelling like the device. portmanteau of sex and exposition. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Okay. The other topic that I think every woman complains about when they're talking about what's featured in game of thrones there's no dicks there is a severe lack of dicks no there's, dicks we we actually i talked about this with my future roommates brooke mm -hmm. and lauren mm -hmm. um and we were talking out of the main characters you've seen two we did count and it's like one and a half because um in the beginning of the series there is one scene where hodor who has been established as a innocent character is shown like just taking off his clothes and running around and streaking yep. and it's not a sexual situation at all he's not yeah. like objectified in any yeah. way yeah and i don't mean like every woman in game of thrones is objectified okay most of it is paid or consensual sex mm -hmm. um and then j like just a very small like the shaft of theon uh in the boat before he finds yara um, and, and returns to House Greyjoy. Okay. And that's it. And there's been plenty of scenes yeah. and sequences with main characters, ma main male characters also having sex. You know what I think is interesting about that? Is that a non-sex organ, boobs, are featured mm -hmm. more than a sex organ, 
penis which in sex I... scenes, which I think is because uh, everyone is a fan of boobs and dicks are kind of gross. Yes. Like, I don't personally have a problem with them. I've heard, I mean, I think that's just the general consensus among the world is that people don't like to look at dicks. But I think there's, I think there's still more, like, spread leg vaginas than there are dicks. And, like, vaginas aren't pretty either. Don't get me wrong. They're not as bad as dicks. (laughs) But. Do you know what I mean, though? I do know what you mean. And then there's So what's with the underrepresentation? Like, what? I don't know. I don't think it's, like, a pain. Maybe? Because, okay, so I know a lot of the actresses in Game of Thrones are typically pretty willing to put their bodies on screen. Yeah. Which, like, major props. Way to, like, beautiful, mm-hmm. amazing. You guys are so confident. Whereas Hodor, did you see, he had an interview where they, he talked about the scene where he did he did the, um, the nigga scene, and they told him it was going to be a closed set, I think. But then day of, they were like, oh, wait. We can't do close set. I could be completely wrong about this, but this is what I'm remembering. Mm-hmm. But it, it ended up not being a close set, and they had to reshoot it, like, a bunch of times. So it wasn't actually his dick. He had a prosthetic penis on. Okay. But the way this, like, he just sounds so sad talking about this day. He just seems, like, really uncomfortable with the fact that he had to be outside naked with a prosthetic penis on. Oh, no. Yeah. So they still put it in. Well, yeah, they still put it in, mm-hmm. which... I think it was, like, a good representation of that character. It was an innocent, childlike moment where it yeah. just, like... I think it definitely captivated what... Also, I'm so sorry we didn't say spoilers at the beginning of this. I didn't expect us to, like... It's okay, we can do it later and cut it in after. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> however, I don't know. Because then once everyone started having, like, a ton of backlash... I think it was... What was that? Middle of the series when um, they when Arya goes and sees the play... And uh, she, as a face, she uses her her skills as a faceless man to try and carry out the murder of one of the actresses. But she realizes she was paid off by one of the other actri- actresses. Right. And um, in the episode with the play, there is a cutscene where it uneloquently, without warning, cuts immediately to a very close up image of uh, one of the actors. <gasps> I remember that. Yeah. So that was something that like a lot of people were honestly more peeved about it seemed like the fan response and the watcher's response was not oh look they put it in it was hey why did you put that visual hey f you yeah. into the tv show because i think a lot of the fans were thinking you want a dick like, fine here's a dick yeah exactly that's yeah. exactly what everyone watching or the people who were vocally about it mm-hmm. uh, vocally active about it thought when they saw it because mm-hmm. it's very uneloquent mm-hmm. in that situation if you know um if you listening know what we're talking about it is just straight up a cut sequence to a dick. There's no warning. It's not like a situation in which that would be relevant. It just is. And yep. so I think that moment has defined a lot of the ideas mm-hmm. about this kind of topic for listeners and or for watchers of the series. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting is that Hollywood draw like where Hollywood draws the line. It's okay to see boobs. Uh, in Game of Thrones, you'll probably n- never see actual sex happening, like close-ups of penis and vagina, and like, yeah. I just think it's interesting where Hollywood draws the line. And honestly, I think it would be better TV either way if they picked one. If they weren't like, oh, we're gonna kind of shoot a porn scene, but we're just gonna show like one boob, and then they're gonna get under the covers, and then we're gonna cut to something else. Either the last thing you see is them like kissing, and they close the door. And, like, you just see a little bit of romance, and then it's implied that they had sex. Mm-hmm. Or you see the entire sex act. Like, 
I don't know, at, in in all the, the theater classes I've taken, I've always been taught that the best choice you can make is the strongest, like, most committed one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they're getting flack is because they're showing a boobs, like... showing boobs sometimes, but not showing the whole sex act and never showing dicks, like, that's, that is a half choice. Mm-hmm. And it's, they only do it because people like looking at boobs. And, like, mm-hmm. most people who are, are not theater critics, or I don't claim to be a theater critic, but people who... who with have done some theater with some background, mild backgrounds, won't catch it and won't care. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I I definitely understand where you're coming from because... Uh, were you there when we watched The Room? Yeah. Yeah. That's The Room. The Room is a jewel of, in and of itself, and if you haven't watched it, I highly suggest you watch it. Um, there is a rated R rating, or is it PG-13? I think it's R. No, it's pretty much R. Okay. But that was... Like, so that's, that's in that movie. They do. Yeah. That's okay. Now I see where you're going with this. They have the longest sex scenes. And they use the same footage. They do. They use once. the same it's footage. the same yeah. sex scene more than once. Mm-hmm. Implied as different sex scenes. Not, no. So it's not just, just so if you haven't seen it, like you're not thinking like, oh yeah, they flashback. No. Like they, they yeah. use this one footage. Multiple times. times when the characters have sex. Yeah. One time when they filmed the sex scene. Yeah. Which if it was a short nondescript scene. No, it's I like it's two it. minutes long. Yeah, but it's like a two two and a half minute see long. See a bare sex ass scene. and boobs and still no dick. Yes, yeah. you are correct. But I don't know. And I demand to see Tommy Wiseau's penis. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Um I would like to give Tommy Wiseau his privacy. Um <laughs> Did you have uh, more things that you wanted to talk about? I, I feel do. like that was a pretty uh, that was, that was a pretty, pretty good wrap up. roundabout conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the next thing on my list, um, going along kind of with that, sure. And uh, I'm gonna have to show you a picture, so for you personally, and you'll understand. But I'll try as best to describe it for the people listening. Okay. There is a Instagram page called Go Get Glitter. Um, so you guys can go see that if you want to see what I'm talking about. Um. There's an Instagram page called Go Get Glitter that, you know, if you go into your search bar, I don't know if you use Instagram that often. I know you do. Yeah, I still do. Um, it, it has, like, your suggested things and that kind of thing. And I follow a lot of, like, fashion pages. Um, I follow a lot of influent like, media influencers. Um, so after, I think it was BuzzFeed did something with them um, that one of their um, employees did a video. And basically, this company has this thick, like, highly compacted glitter paste that you can paint onto a surface and it will dry and stick. Um, Namely, they use this in their kind of branding as body paint and body glitter. Um, Okay. It's glitter clothes. Glitter clothes. So I'd like to start with my personal opinion on glitter, mm-hmm. which is that it is the herpes of crafting supplies. That's because it is. I'm sure many people share this opinion with me. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, my theater director in high school uh, directed uh, The Wizard of Oz Ooh, at one point. Ooh, a glitter It's a glitter-packed show. show, and he did not know the dangers of glitter. So for the Emerald City, mm. uh, he you know there was a giant no. back wall of flats uh, and basically they just had the entire thing spin around. So, but the entire back of the wall was glitter. Was glitter. No. So, you know, it, it worked fine during the show, mm-hmm. but there was no getting rid of it. Like, you, you had... still find bits of glitter in that theater to this yeah. day. Like, 
Well, it sounds like what you're talking about is loose glitter as the herpes of crafting materials. Oh, sure, but... I mean, even glitter glue, like, you still get... It's just glitter mixed with glue. They just yeah. do that. And that's how you put glitter on things, is you put some glue on it, and then you pour the glitter over the glue. Yeah, but with glitter glue, it's, like, a viscous... This like, is... I'm So this is a different thing, or... I don't... I don't know. I think you have to see it to, to like, kind of... What it looks like okay. is a, like, a paint can... Yeah. Or, like, a hair gel container of glitter. Like, you don't see specifically glue. You don't see anything like that. And I'm, I'm trying to find some good examples. Um, I can find pictures of it used as clothing, which is what I was meaning. You find a boomerang of it squirting out the bottle? Um, it's not a <laughs> bottle. It is like a jar. Oh. Um, and it, it lays really flat All on right. their bodies. Um, and most of these women, or men, there is men also who do this, um, are painted with, they have pasties and they have like a high-rise thong. And the rest of their body is just painted in glitter. And it's kind of to mimic clothing. Huh. This woman Damn. doesn't... She looks like she's wearing clothes. That's just Just very tight paste. clothes, but that's just glitter paint. Huh. Which, first this off... This is... Okay, so what we're looking at here right now is... Uh, imagine if C-3PO were slightly more anthropomorphized. And uh, <laughs> also at an um, 80s disco. Like, if you've ever been... Oh, I know what we're looking at. If you've ever been to Disneyland... Um, I have not. Okay. Uh, so but if you've ever been to Disneyland. If you've ever been to Disneyland, uh, the, they used to have, like, the world of tomorrow, that giant spinning thing in Tomorrowland. Mm -hmm. And the host, his name was Tom Morrow. And if you want to look up a picture of Tom Morrow, he's a robot mm -hmm. that's gold uh, and looks a little bit like this. But we don't ever see Tom Morrow's butt, which is what this is a picture of. Yeah. So. This is from, I think, their Oscars photo shoot when there was an Oscars, um, when the Oscars were happening. Yeah, here's the front. They painted an a woman gold and had her pose like the Oscar statue. Damn. Uh, yeah, it looks like the Oscar statue. Exactly. It, it looks like the Oscar statue, except instead of being um, a solid, like, yeah, chromatic. Instead of being chromatic, it's you know, linear. Like glitter does. You know. <laughs> As if they're individual pieces of... It's like she's plastic. covered in glitter or wait, something. Wait, <laughs> Go get glitter. I think we're on to you. I think we found it. But they also have decals, that kind of thing. Oh, that's um, pretty sick. Are they like temporary tattoos? Kind of, yeah. There's They had a Halloween. This is becoming just a plug for Go Get Glitter. Uh, so, I'm sorry. Not sponsored, not sponsored but we'll take it. But they seem like a great company. If they hear this, uh, please. I am in college. Did you have... I would, would love to go to like Coachella with this. I don't have money for Coachella. I'm lying. But I would love to play with it. Yeah. Did you have uh, a question about this particular glitter, or do you just I, want to talk about it? I just... To be honest, I don't even know what kind of conversation we would come from it. I just wanted to show you this. Just wanted to show me the glitter. Yeah, I just wanted to show you this glitter because it's it's just a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it is. It is quite a bit. That's quite a bit of but glitter. But also, it's super eloquent, eloquently used. It's like that. It kind of reminds me the way you're saying like paint on clothes, like you know the spray on clothes from Futurama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but everything is shimmery. It's shimmering, yeah. Uh, a very different route. We both recently saw ready player one yes i am a long time reader i've read it maybe seven times so i'm i'm an avid fan of ready player one i happened to bring it to my school as a summer read my senior year which was too late for me to read it but i'm glad that posterity is there so you have not read it right i have not so what were your thoughts on that i really liked the movie I thought that, okay, I think it was 
I don't remember the name of it, but it was an it was an Adam Sandler movie where a bunch of video game characters came down from the sky and they were pixelated. No, that's called Pixels. They... Pixels. <laughs> Pixels was awful. Yeah. It was terrible. And the I'm reason sorry, it was awful Adam and terrible Sandler. is because they made blatant references to all the video games they used. And though the CGI was pretty good, and though I, you know, I can handle the Adam Sandler movie or two, like, you know, Click is the only movie I've ever cried at. Like, Click was, it, heartbreaking. The mo- like, I'm not going to spoil it, because you need to watch Click. I've never like, watched Click. It's such a good movie. Like, and it's Adam Sandler. He d- produced, directed, starred, like, I don't know if he directed, but, you know, he made the movie. <laughs> we're just going to give him, we'll just throw that credit over Adam there. Sandler did every role in, in Click. Click. <laughs> You can find that copy somewhere. It's been edited and CGI'd. Every other character is actually CGI'd. Every character over is Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. <laughs> uh, and that's how community was to that movie, and that's why it mm-hmm. was so good. Uh, but Pixels was just disgusting. Atrocious. Atrocious. There was, what is the um, the one that bounces that has like the horn nose? Is What is it called? Oh, uh, I don't remember, but I know what you're talking horn. about. Yeah. Like Floopy or something? Floopy, you remember his name is? He literally has a half human child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it turns into little ones. So it was a dumb plot. It was, a, and it was dumb references. Like they made, executed. they made stupid puns, and they were like, "Look, we know about video games too." But of and course you do, because everyone knows about video. Like you know what? Peter Dinklage was in that movie. Peter Dinklage was in that movie. But how you doing? That was a while ago. I mean, listen, Peter Dinklage, I think, does movies because his friends are in them sometimes. That's true. I would, too, if I, I was a professional actor. Honestly, if I was at the caliber to which he is, mm-hmm. I would definitely Absolutely. do that. Mm-hmm. You gotta make a Pixels to make, uh, I don't know, what's a hard-hitting drama that Peter Dinklage is in? Ooh! Uh, th- th- three Billboards. Oh, Gotta make a Pixels to oh be in a gosh. Three Billboards. Three Billboards was amazing. Yeah. If you haven't seen Three Billboards, watch Three Billboards. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Stunning. Uh... But okay, so you're con- you're well not your concerns. Back to Ready praises. Player One. Yeah, back to another movie that Peter Dinklage yeah. wasn't in. My, no, I'm kidding. My no. praises for Ready Player One come from the fact that I went in expecting there to be tons. I, I expected it to be mainly dumb references to old things. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what the book was. I thought Steven Spielberg was gonna was gonna shove all of these old video games in our faces, and I was gonna be like, yeah, great, I play those, and it's fun that you know what they are also, but. I could go home and play the video games if I wanted to, like, just mm-hmm. watch that all mm-hmm. the time. Like, I I'm, I want to watch a movie, and I want it's the characters funny. to have the same feelings towards the things that I've played as I do. Mm-hmm. Like, I want them to, to look fondly on Atari as I looked fondly on Atari when I played at my uncle's house. Like, mm-hmm. that's just, that was really cool. And they did that. They did that really well. There were a couple of times when they made some dumb references and they tried to be like, hey, we're cool kids because we know the lingo. And yeah. like, but for the most part, like, they did a really good job of mm-hmm. making it, like, of, of reaching their target audience and making it accessible is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, and I, I loved when, I, I think it was the main character did... Spoilers, by the way. Oh, we'll put yeah. a spoiler alert at the beginning of this episode yeah. for everything, but just so you know. Right it, now is another big spoiler point. He did a, a Hadouken or something as one of the final battles, mm-hmm. and it was the same animation that's the critical art in yeah. Street Fighter V, and it, it just it blew awesome. my mind. It was fantastic. No, I think I think Spielberg, I, and I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but we've tried to avoid it because we knew this was going to be probably one of the topics we talked about, but I think we both have agreed that this is one of the best things Spielberg has done since Jurassic Park. Yeah, oh, this is absolutely the best thing Spielberg's done since Jurassic Park. And, and we're not the first people to say that by any means, but I, I know that there were people who were saying, and I totally agree, I feel this way with them, 
um, it might have been on um, Only Stupid Answers with uh, DJ and uh, Sam Basher. But I think they, and if I'm putting the credit in the wrong place, I'm sorry, but someone said that seeing, like, the chase scenes and the first race felt like the chase scene in Jurassic Park. Like, it felt, yeah. it gave you a similar mm-hmm, feeling to that, and mm-hmm. I totally agree. Oh, the T-Rex. I totally missed that the T-Rex was a okay. nod to that. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, I don't know. I think I agree with you. So, my opinions on the movie as a movie separate from the book first, which I'll, I'll give because um, I don't want to ruin a lot of the book for the people who haven't read it and for you. Um, hey. And also, this way, people watching the movie who maybe have uh, want to find some kind of comparison can... Anyways, as a movie, I think one of my guesses about it was right, and I've also told you this before we even watched it. We watched it separately, but before we went and watched it, I claimed that I thought this movie was going to be groundbreaking for CGI. And how CGI is used in a movie. Because, I don't know if you could tell by the, the previews, the uh-huh. majority of this movie is all CGI. Uh-huh. It's borderline an animated movie. Uh-huh. No, it, I think you, it's more animation than Space Jam. And Space Jam's whole selling point was that it was animated it's, people with real people. Mm-hmm. And it was beautifully executed. When Parzival is in the library with uh the the butler who was not a character uh, before just so you know um no it's fine um clever but no definitely it was an amazing way to uh integrate uh i'm suddenly forgetting every name in my one of my favorite books and movies but it's fine um when they were watching uh when they were watching the flashback scenes and they were seeing real life in the middle of the CGI world, it took my breath away. It looked like they were looking into, a like, a box, like a shadow box of the real world. And I know it that's looked just the same. film. I forgot they weren't real people. Like and, Exactly. Well, and, okay, so a couple of things I want to say about that. Mm-hmm. First thing is that for the longest time in animation, people have been trying really, really hard to get faces right. And whenever you see a face on in CGI, it usually looks pretty fake. Like, it, you're like, okay, I can tell how you could relate that to a face, but I know that it's not because of these specific things. The eyes, specifically the eyes, don't move right. And in this movie, they got the eyes down. Like, mm-hmm. there, I don't think there was a single time when I looked at an animated character and, like, actively remembered that they were animated. Like... It had me fooled. I literally thought I was looking at real people with, like, masks on or something. Yeah. Well, and I, from from the trailers, I had seen it, and I kind of equivalented, like, the CGI work in this movie to, like, the, uh, the style of video game of, like, Final Fantasy, which has been known to be amazing animation. Really good. And mm-hmm. I was hoping that it wasn't just, oh, it's this good for the trailer, but we're not going to put that much time into the movie. Mm-hmm. And like I got my wishes like they did it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um I think that was just really great and I love what they did I think this was a great movie inspired by the book yeah this is where my review is going to kind of divulge from okay just a movie review uh and I've said this before I think that this movie would have been as a person who read it infinitely better to the people who read the books without changing it for the people who haven't if they had just said inspired by 
Ernest Klein's Ready Player One instead of saying based on Ernest Klein's Ready Player One. Because it teetered on a line of being too close to the book for it to be its own separate thing like, and too far away from the book for it to be exactly the book. Like what they did with Percy Jackson, except... Nope, way better than Percy Jackson. Well, but... I mean, it was a better movie than Percy Jackson by far. <laughs> I think everyone in the world can agree with that. But I feel like this... Almost the, last am year I, am year. I correct in saying that the similarities between the plots are about as far away, or is it closer than that? Without judging the quality of the movie, mm-hmm. I think Percy Jackson was closer to the plot line of the books than this was no way yeah so in the percy jackson movie they still went about every task and trial that they did in the books it was just shittily done you know and they cut entire characters and plot lines exactly in this movie they they almost were less faithful to the book than that because they had the gist of it right so they had the three keys and the three gates okay in the book without giving book spoilers because i will not do that to any of you um Game of Thrones spoilers, fine. Book fine. spoilers? Book spoilers? No. No. Never. Um, for a book I hold this close, absolutely not. In the book, there is a there's a task to get the key, and then there's a task to complete the gate. That so, makes way more sense, because that's the way they presented it. Mm-hmm. I feel like they pulled lines from the book to explain it, and then the plot was slightly different than that. Yeah, so that was one thing. And then not only were, did they cut out the entire gate portion, right? Mm -hmm. Which I understand for the sake of a movie, that's a lot of complicated things. And there are some tasks in the gates and readers, you'll understand what I'm talking about. One very specific one towards the end that you physically cannot put that on screen. It is illegal unless they got the rights to replicate a movie on screen and present it still as that movie. I mean, they kind of did movie spoilers, but they, they had like exact shots from the shining. They did. They did. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. But. Which was cool as fuck, by the way. Oh, such a great show. <laughs> yeah. Such a great shot. Which actually, none of that was in the book. Oh, okay. All Absolutely right. none of it. Damn. Uh, yeah. A little, a little bit annoying. And so, but they did something similar to that mm-hmm. in one of the other ones, except uh, it was, it was with a different movie and it okay. was specifically. The... That was. What kind of ghost? <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh angie's uh poster which says unify is, it, is that it's for a jedi it's a jedi poster yeah it's the jedi poster it just fell down and landed very politely on the bed. <laughs> like this thing landed straight up showing itself to us uh let's move that aside and just continue on so that was some things that were different so i understand that entirely um there were some characters that they used the name of but they just put the name onto a character that didn't exist in the book. So Irock in the book is not that character, and that character is not Irock. So it's not even like they did one thing that was similar to that character. It's literally they just made a new character, and they were like, "Let's give a little nod." Kind of like Clarice and Percy Jackson. Almost, almost like that's Clarice similar. was one of my favorite character oh, she was arcs. An amazing character, and I we lost it. We just never. Mm-hmm. She was just a bully that everyone hated. Like. Yeah, Mm-mm. which I'm sorry, this Ready Player One review has become a Ready Player One and nostalgia of how much we hated the Percy Jackson movie. God, I saw it for my birthday. Same? Wait, same. We haven't talked about this. Percy Jackson was my is still one of my favorite young adult series. Wait, we series. have different birthdays. No, I know, but like I saw it as a birth, like we had a screening thing because I went with my friends. I have a December birthday. Do yeah. you know how much fun it is to have birthdays in December? might have been my friend's birthday then it was someone's birthday maybe 
No, Your yeah. Do you get wait? Do you get like Christmas presents and birthday presents at the same time? Uh, no, I have a December third birthday, which oh, is just far just enough far away. Enough. Yeah, perfect. Um, so I get I get both, mm-hmm. which is it's a sweet spot. Nice. Um, and also, my birthday is just close enough to Black Friday. Anyways, ready Sorry player one. I don't know. From a book perspective, obviously, it was very unfaithful to the books, um, but the essence was there. And I wasn't mad at it. I I went into it saying, I'm going to separate myself from the book and watch this movie. And going into it like that, I loved it. Mm. I would have been, I think if I had tried to do that, I would have been, had I read the book, I would have been very disappointed. Because I, I attempted to do that with other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like Harry Potter, I remember still being disappointed after reading the books and seeing the movies. Like, if it wasn't like the books, it was bad. I could, I mm. can't take it. I like him now, but... Yeah, fair enough. I never read Harry Potter. Fight me. I know. Fight me. Uh, I never read Harry Potter. I I read maybe the first couple chapters of the first book, and it just wasn't my jam. Everybody can fight me for this later, but... uh, So when I watched it, I I enjoyed the movies. I have some other dislikes, but we won't get into that on this podcast. Um, But I don't know. I was able to separate it. I think with this book specifically, I have so much love for this book mm-hmm. that they put it on screen. I, I couldn't get mad. Like, it's yeah. one of those books yeah. that once you read it, you'll understand, like, there was no reason for this to get picked up and directed and produced by Steven Spielberg. Like, that was not a thing that... I remember hearing about that. Like, the first thing I saw, I think it was years ago even, like... It was, because people saw so like, They're doing Ready Player One, and I saw this on Reddit, and there were people in the comments section who were like, why? Why? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a book. Like, what are you going to do with it on screen? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's a book that defies conventions of screen. Like, it's, like I said, they changed a lot, and I can understand exactly why they did it. Mm-hmm. It's a little frustrating because mm-hmm. there are some amazing things in the book. Like, I was telling David that. Was I Jurassic Park a book? I don't know. Was, Keep talking. Yeah, you, you look. Um,. There was one of those surprises that I'm really disappointed that you're not going to get that same shock factor of. And I've told you this, and I know you know where I'm going with it. I'm so sad you will not get to experience H's reveal in the book, and only the book first. Because that, in and of itself, was amazing. Phenomenal. It was the only, like, it, it stood out from the rest of the book and the rest of the pace, but it fit perfectly. And Whoa. I just loved it. What? Was it a book? It's written by Michael Crichton in 1990. What? I didn't realize it was that new. <laughs> Wait. Okay. I feel like we should have known that. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, to be fair enough, that's before both of us were born by yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. So, and well, and it stayed true enough. The movie stayed true enough to the book that Michael Crichton wrote a sequel to the book and Spielberg also adapted that into, into The Lost movie. World. Yeah. So... I think it was pretty close. So I think that's Spielberg's thing, thing then, is Honestly, like, just do the book. Spielberg. Yeah. Well, and in this one, I think Spielberg had a lot of difficulty. Because, okay, so let's well, get this right. As a, as a fan who read it, I read it pretty early on. It was before it picked up any speed, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, I think maybe a, one, two years max later from when I read it, there was whisperings of it being picked up by Spielberg and him producing it and before it was even on IMDb like this 
I like we heard it and we were like, oh my god, wait, this could happen. This could actually happen. And we were trying to hold our breaths because we had been sitting on this book already for about a year. And just like it was so close to our hearts. We we're like, if this gets picked up, it could be sensational. But also if this gets picked up and then dropped, it's going to break my heart. Yeah. So we were watching that and then it took so much time because if you see in it, you know. And I'm sure there was plenty of companies tossing money at them to feature them as well. I know um, there were some more modern things that they included. There were Overwatch characters in it, which was really dope to see. Yeah, it was pretty um, cool. There was Arkham uh, Arkham Asylum characters. I know there was a Harley Quinn. That was one of the spoilers that a lot of people pointed out in the trailer spoilers. Hmm. Or the trailer Easter eggs. Um, so there were so many rights that they had to get. Mm-hmm. And they didn't mention most of the things so there's a couple of allusions to some of the tasks and the skills um joust i don't know if do you remember the the game joust Mm-mm. i never played joust okay well joust is a uh, so they mentioned joust at the very end of the movie okay. right when they're cycling through those last games for him to play okay. um and that last game was something that was included in it but it wasn't um where it was a, a lot of the things got switched around or included for reasons that they could they just it wouldn't have been interesting to watch parzival play joust against an npc sure uh so it's understandable that they put a giant race scene instead mm-hmm. um but yeah there were there were some things that i i wish they included but like i said just far enough away for me to be okay with it being a separate thing just close enough to be a little peeved that they said based on yep that makes sense. All right, now ready for the the title plug? This is Other Other People's Shit! (laughs)